You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. I better press record so that we can get started here. Are you pressing record, Kevin? Um, wait a minute. Let me see. Am I? Am I? No! The... <laughs> Well, that doesn't help the listeners, does it? I mean, they, they want a good quality show, and if my backup dies, then then we don't have your back. What do I mean, my backup? We just won't have a copy of the show. It'll be like, <laughs> you know what? We had this great show. It was absolutely wonderful. It, it, it was a, a perfect continuation from episode 100, but you're not going to get to listen to it. Sorry. That's the way it goes. <laughs> and... <laughs> It is the way it goes. And Kevin, how are you going this week for episode 101 of Geekiest Show Ever? I am doing pretty darn well, especially considering the time of year it is and we just had some snow. But you know, I was thinking today, episode 101, that means we're a fourth of the way to 404, which we won't be able to be found, so we're a quarter not found. Hmm. Gee, that, how, how do we split up a quarter between us? Um, I don't know what's that in this, what's twenty five cents in Australian dollars. See, there's the there's well, we, the we, we 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 call it twenty five cents. So yeah, but I'm sure it's worth more down there. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'd like to think of it that way, but you guys get everything cheaper. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. I go to iTunes in the US; it's always five bucks cheaper than it is in Australia. So uh, yeah, you know, it should be even. But yes, play the smallest uh, violin in the world for me, Kevin, because. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's just a sad, sad event. Now, you know what would be sad? They're, they're what? Build, they're, well, they're, they're planning to build the Titanic too, and you're planning to venture out to Australia on it. That's kind of cool. Hey, you're more, you're more than welcome. We'll certainly put you up. No worries there. I, I've only got one problem, Kevin. The first, What's that? The first Titanic sank, and I'm a little bit worried that the second Titanic might sink. Now... I, I figured that if they say it's unsinkable like they did with the first Titanic, you're a goner. Absolute goner. Well, don't book a ticket. Don't get on there. But well, if, if they say, if they have a little disclaimer and say, you know, it may sink again, then I reckon you're okay. Well, I you look at it this way. If I'm on it and it sinks, I'll live tweet it. Ooh. That, you know, that, it's, that, it's my, it's my, it's the last breath ebbs from my body. It'll be gloop, 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 gloop. You know, imagine, just, imagine if they did a Titanic two movie, like you know, James Cameron did the big Titanic, the the first movie, and you know where they were sort of all holding each other and everything, and the ships going down, and and the, you know they're trying to save each other and stuff like that. And imagine if the Titanic two went down, what they'd make a movie out of it, and everyone would have iPhones. You know, tweeting out messages and <laughs> and, uh, and and capturing video would be really really interesting and and you know it's a little bit more morbid I must say our conversation yeah. this week but um, yeah you know there's there's a two things I'll say two things on that too the last year was the hundredth anniversary of the original Titanic sinking and there was a Twitter account and I think it's going to start up again. I got to go look. I think it's called HMS Titanic mm-hmm. or at HMS Titanic. And it was as if somebody was tweeting the timeline out of the real Titanic. You know, it's great. We're out on the sea trials. The ship's running great. Everything's functioning, you know, picking up passengers here, then sailing on down, picking up passengers and so on and so forth. I think they're going to do it again this year following the timeline, which um, my history is failing me through right now, so I can't tell you the exact start when the ship set sail before it started across the ocean, before it started across the Atlantic. But I think the Twitter account is at HMS Titanic or something like that. Um, and it's really kind of neat because it follows the historical timeline and all that sort of thing. And Because uh, I remember the tweet last year, oh, the ship, the whole ship just shuddered. Wonder what that could be about, you know, and, <laughs> and things like that. So it was really interesting. But the the other side, we're talking about the news story that I tweeted you mm-hmm. about me coming to see you on the Titanic too. It's a fellow Aussie that's building the ship or sponsoring yeah, it. That 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 doesn't give me much confidence, Kevin. We we don't make okay. much that's good anymore. We, well, we it's not out, being made. We outsource it to Asia, and that's where it's being made at. The- <laughs> 
No, seriously, that is where it's being made at. Um, but they're actually doing it like the original Titanic, hmm. with some exceptions. One, there will be enough lifeboats on board for, for the crew and the passengers. And there'll be something. But they're really doing it, period. There will be three classes of passengers. And if you're in the lower class, like third class steerage, you will not be able to get to the upper decks and mix with the second or the first class passengers. And there will be no internet available on the ship. I'll go there and die. Be, well, you know. And there will also be no televisions on the ship. <gasps> there will also be uh, period clothing for all the passengers to wear. And it's just really cool. There's In that article that I tweeted out the link to, and we can put that link in the show notes for the listeners, it links to a video that's kind of a recreation of what they think the inside of the ship's going to look like. Uh, you can tell in some places they did it with green screen and mm-hmm. artist renderings. So it's really cool. But if the Titanic 2 does come out and passage is reasonable and I got the money, it could be the perfect way for me to come to Australia. You know, could be. Sail out of Baltimore Harbor, which is a couple hours away from me. Go down through the uh, 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 the canal. Crap, I can't think of the name of it. The one that cuts Central America in half. Um, Panama Canal. Uh, go through the Panama Canal and across the Atlantic, or across the Pacific then, over to, to Australia. And there should be very few icebergs in that area. I'm thinking it's... Yeah, unless, unless you, you know, you might just hit a big rock, but, you know, hopefully if you hit the big rock, then you've reached Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was really cool. I, I encourage the listeners to go take a look, but, uh, well, I'll, I'll start packing my bags and waiting to book... Uh, book uh, now, I'll have now, to... now which, which class would you travel in? Third class steerage. I can't... <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, because I can't afford first class and all that stuff. But they're even having uh, the rooms are outfitted with the con- – there'll be modern, more modern toilets a little bit. But a lot of the other stuff is furniture and everything, decor and everything's going to be um, pretty much – like they show a picture of the pool the way the pool was on the Titanic, which you can tell it's a very old-looking pool. I mean, I'm sure they'll have modern filtering so in case somebody urinates in the water to clean that out, but – um, yes, we had to go there, listeners. That's for oh, Mike sorry. worries about us not talking enough about the toilet stuff anymore. But I won't go any further. But anyway, you know, it has all those kind of things. They'll have some modern conveniences, you know, some differences. The funny thing is the guy's calling it the Blue Star Line instead of the White Star Line, like the original Titanic. So I, I just think it's interesting. I love history. I've said that a hundred times before on the show. So I'm really looking forward to it. If it's and if it were feasible, I certainly would. I've actually looked at what it would cost me to book passage to come down to see you on a ship, because I'm not flying. No way in hell. I'm not getting <laughs> hurtling through the air, and the train doesn't go under the ocean. Um, I want to say it would take me. It was a week and a half, I think. And I want to say it was twenty eight hundred dollars or twenty nine hundred dollars. Is that return? I think that was round trip. For a basic cabin. So, yeah, that would be... That's not bad, actually. I mean, when when you look at it, it takes, you know, 25 hours or so to sort of anywhere within the U.S. from Australia, from Sydney. Um, You know, to do that in in a week and a bit, week and a half, um, by sea, and at roughly about the same price, that's, that's pretty nice. I mean, you sort of make it a holiday as well as a... An yeah. experience, so uh, yeah, maybe that's the way I should come to the U.S. sometime. Hmm. The only problem is I don't want to end up like those poor people did on that cruise ship out in the Gulf of Mexico a couple of weeks ago. You remember? Didn't you hear about that? Oh no, I must have missed that. There was a cruise ship that was touring the Gulf of Mexico, which is pretty big. Um, and the they had a, was it an engine room fire? I can't remember something that knocked out a lot of the power to the ship. And the ship was basically adrift. Well, it took forever. This happened like on Sunday, and it was like Thursday night or Friday before they finally got the thing towed into port. And it wasn't like it was that far away. Um, but it was hard to get to it and hard to tow it and, you know, a giant passenger ship. But they started, you know, they had very little toilets. 
people were going up on deck and sleeping on deck because there was no AC mm-hmm. in the lower, lower decks and all this stuff. And then they said the food started to run out and they couldn't prep food. They were eating onion and cucumber sandwiches and mm-hmm. they they had to there was only a few working toilets and they said the smell below decks was horrid. And they said they were giving people biohazard bags to use for the restroom because the toilets weren't working and all this stuff. It's like, oh, what a nightmare. So you can either experience that or you can <laughs> fall out of the sky by flying. Okay. You know what? We need teleportation. Yes, we do. We need to be in the future and have teleportation. You know, Then we could bop down, record the show live one week at your house, record it live the next week at my house, you know, back and forth, back and forth. We would now, work perfect, I think. Absolutely. Now, why isn't all the world's resources and finances going into this technology, Kevin? I don't know. I think they're doing us a disservice. I, the, I really gov- th- the governments of the world just don't want us to podcast together, do they? They're screwing us over on purpose. That's right. Damn governments. Besides, besides taking all my money and pissing it away in taxes... Now they're screwing me over, not letting me have teleportation when I need it. <laughs> Damn oh, crazy stuff. Uh, we right. shall continue on. Um, so we we had we apologize to the listeners. You don't you won't hear this. We had to take a short pause. Skype was apparently the government was listening in on Skype, and they were screwing that over because I was talking bad about the government. So yeah, our yeah. apologies we, to the listener. We we don't have freedoms anymore in this world. You, you know, I was watching what? Oh, oh, that's right. I was watching the very first Alien uh, versus Predator movie, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the AVP movies. I like them. Uh, I know some people don't like them at all and think no, it's either Predator or it's Alien. But I, I like the mashup, and frankly, anything that Lance Henriksen is in is just gold for me. His voice, his acting ability is just absolutely perfect. Uh, but I was watching it, and you know, they go to Antarctica basically, uh, and you know, it's like, okay, this is the last place, and, and they describe in the movie, the characters are talking that this is the last place on Earth that isn't owned by anyone, that is completely free. And I'm sitting back watching the movie yesterday, and I'm going, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? You know, completely free, complete freedom. We, You know, we like to think that we live in free societies, both in America and and in Australia, especially when we look at some of the neighbouring countries around the world that don't live in such a free society. But we're not really free. To live, we need to work. To We need to do that to generate income, to then pay the bills, to pay the taxes, to, you know, there's a tax on everything. And it's like, we don't really have a lot of freedoms because to have just the basic things in life still cost. Well, you know, it, you got to think, though, is it that? Or is it the red pill versus the blue pill? Yeah, I haven't taken the right pill, have I, Kevin? I don't think so. No. And but, these are the, these 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 type of pills can be taken in multiple ways. But see, the the problem is that those Nokia slide phones they're just they're they're no longer any good anymore. <laughs> I mean, they haven't updated the Matrix with iPhones. I mean, what the hell happens? We got we got left behind, Kevin. Or did we? Has, don't, has, don't confuse me. Did we get left behind or did the world move on without us? Are we Have we slipped into the parallel universes that our hero Sheldon Cooper talks about? Are we one of the thousand Marks and Kevins across the, uh, across the universe and on, on some other geekiest show ever or, or the not geekiest, least geekiest show ever or least geek ever, are they making billions and trillions of dollars from advertisers and things Damn like that. Damn bastards, I bet they are. <laughs> and they're truly free because they buy and own the government. Oh. Pum. Now that. Ponder that. that we, we could be emperors of, of another reality, couldn't we? I mean, we could be the top dogs in the yard. That's right. Well, you know, I am the emperor of my own reality, at least in my mind. Same here, but the problem is no one pays attention to me either. So, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, who are you again? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of lost lost my thought there too. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the thought process of 
you know, the, I suppose there's a couple of ways to look at alternate universes and so forth, but, you know, it, it's kind of logical in a way to assume that there's multiple us in multiple different ways. Um, Hell, there's multiple me right here. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to, to peek into an alternate reality though and 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 just see what's going on i know you know in star trek they've done alternate reality on every single you know uh story arc uh that they've had there's an alternate reality uh that comes into there and i always find it fascinating it's always like yeah you know wow this is really really interesting uh star trek the original um they went into an alternate reality where you know um the enterprise was a warship you know, and, and right. aggressive, you know, um, and you got to see a different side of those characters. And, you know, it was just really cool. You know, it was, it, it, it's almost like seeing the other, what would have happened if, if they decided to write Star Trek a different way and, and make the Enterprise the antagonist. And, and that's what I find interesting is where you can get a story arc like that that sort of showcases two different things, uh, but it's still the same character base. Well, you know, the, the movie, the new Star Trek, the most recent Star mm-hmm. Trek movie, that's exactly what it does, is it starts out, the reboot of the series starts out with a change in the original timeline. You know, something's disrupted it. Now... Mm-hmm. At this point, you know, it, it, where do they go from there, you know, and, and how is that going to play out over what we hope is going to be a series of films or something like that? Because much oh, like the, Enterprise... Did I tell you about the game that's coming out? Did yes, you, start- you did, and you made me mad. Because oh. remember, it won't play on my Wii. Well, you know. What 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 can I say? It's cool. I'm going to probably end up buying a... PlayStation three just so that I can play it. Especially if, if if it if it gets good reviews, if it's eight uh, out of ten or higher, I'm definitely going to go out there and buy a PlayStation three to play it. Uh, just because I love Star Trek that much. Oh yeah, you know I do too. The only Star Trek, and I said I think I've said it before on here. I've said it other places. The only one of all the Star Trek story arcs, uh, as you said, that I didn't like was. Deep Space Nine. I just could not deal with Deep Space Nine. Deep Space I mean, there was Nine some is inter- my, my least favorite. Yeah, I didn't say I wouldn't watch it. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, yeah. There, like, there's I, not watching, and then there's... Yeah, definitely. There's a, a distinct difference. But see, I, I think Deep Space Nine got overshadowed because of Seven of Nine. Yeah. I, I mean, who's going to watch Deep Space Nine when you can watch Voyager and see Seven of Nine? I mean, you... You're just not going to do it. No. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, I, yeah, I just, like you said, I that was my least favorite. And and like I say, and I think you've said too, Enterprise ranks right up there with one of my most favorite storylines. I love it. That went a little wonky uh, towards the end of second, the second season or third. Or the uh, beginning of the third season. It, it, was, it was the third season where they went... Um... Or it jumped the shark, as some people will say. Yeah. Well, what they did was they started a long story arc where they, they, um, oh, I forget who they were after. It was that culture that was, you know, uh, you know, it had different. Trying to just destroy had, the earth. What had they had different beings? Remember, they found those uh, cylindrical, uh, sort of like the space station. In, in Star Wars, kind of things that were set up, and they were they were tearing the the um, the universe apart. And when they went through, they were having aber- aberrations in in uh, space and and stuff like that. Um, you know, it was a it was an interesting story arc, but the problem is it took them away from what they had previously done. So it was a, a yeah. little bit different, and it went for the entire season, um, which isn't bad. But yeah, I, I think the worst part about Enterprise was how it ended, with the last episode being a mix of Next Generation. That I I loved the Next Generation. Riker was cool, you know, no issue really there. But I just felt that could have been like the second to last episode. Why make that the last one that they go out on? Because it's not 
it's not in real time. Like, we're watching Enterprise in real time as the series goes on, and especially when you're watching it for the first time. And then all of a sudden, it ends on that second last episode and then goes to this other episode where, you know, the uh, the next generation guys come in and then they're reflecting on what happened, you know, a couple of hundred years ago kind of thing. And it, it just, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. I know a lot of people it didn't sit well with. Uh, it would have been cool somewhere in there as a story arc, yeah. but to have it as the final episode, I, I'm still waiting for them to do an Enterprise movie. I know it'll never happen now with the new franchise uh, film series that's there, but it would be nice to see that finalised, um, you know, a little bit fuller. Uh, than it, it, it wasn't really finalised well, and, and the last season was very up and down, unfortunately. It was... Sometimes yeah. it was brilliant, other times it was a bit disappointing. Uh, but overall, I, I've got to say that the Enterprise series is my favourite amongst all Star Trek. So for me it goes Enterprise, Original Series, uh, Voyager, Next Generation, then Deep Space. And the reason why Voyager goes above Next Generation, 7 of 9. Simple. Uh... <laughs> When I was a teenager and, and getting knocked back by every second girl that I asked out, why did I say every second? I should have said every girl that I asked out. <laughs> I'd, I'd sit at home and, I, and I'd watch Voyager and then I'd have very nice dreams. So, you know, she, yeah, she, she, I... she, she made my teenage years. Let me put it that way. Well, first of all, it wasn't my teenage years when that was out. So there's another problem. <laughs> Um, but, but I, Deanna Troy, that's all I'll say. Yep. I, I agree with that to a certain extent. So, and before we travel too far down that road and yeah. lose the female listeners on our show, the, you know, we talk about all this stuff, but this just reinforces what we talked about last week. We talked about what made us geeks and we had some, there's some more follow up that we wanted to, I mean, we had a great time with that show. Mark and I both thoroughly enjoyed that that discussion, and, and we think from the feedback we've got, everybody else did too. But there are some other topics along with that that we didn't get to, and we thought we'd throw, the, throw that into the fodder this week and uh, give the uh, listeners a deeper insight into what we've been doing and what makes there's more. us... There's more. There is. There's always more when there comes to. Well, there's always more when there comes to me. But there's more when there comes to Mark as well. There certainly is. You, you know, we we got so excited with the conversation we had last week that we forgot all concept of time. That's why the show ran a little bit longer. And then I looked at the list that I had written down. And it's like, oh, but but I didn't talk about this, or I didn't talk about that, and I didn't talk about this either. And um. So we, you know, we'll, we'll certainly continue bits and pieces of it. But one of the things that I, I missed out on on discussing was my very first original Game Boy that I got in 1989. And and listeners, last week you'd you'd remember that, you know, my mother was against me having a Commodore 64, and and she didn't really like me having games, but I was allowed a a Game Boy. And this thing was just cool. I mean, you look at them now, and it's like. Holy cow, I was holding a brick in my hand. You know, what was I doing? But at the time, that was just the biggest and best thing you could possibly get. Biggest, literally. Uh, and I remember I actually had a battery extender because it came with four batteries. The batteries lasted for a reasonable amount of time. But then you could buy, instead of buying rechargeable batteries, which you could get at that time, but you could also buy an, a a specifically uh, licensed and released uh, Nintendo Game Boy battery pack. And what that would allow you to do, so you could have it connected into the power socket on the Game Boy, and then you could run it off battery power. And battery power lasted for about four hours. Now, this was even bigger than the Game Boy, so it was, it was quite big. Um, think of your iPhone and put three iPhones on top of each other. That's about how big it was. So it was pretty hefty. Um, and it was very heavy as well. And then you could actually plug it into the electricity and run your Game Boy off the electricity. So if you were like me and you had nothing better to do on a Saturday as a kid growing up, you would literally sit with your back against the glass door, have the sun coming in, warming your back. And of course you needed light for those Game Boys back in the day because they didn't have the, the backlit screen. So you had to be there with the light shining on it. 
and you'd literally sit there hour after hour playing things like Super Mario, Battletoads, Ice Hockey, F1 Race, just really, really cool little games, and uh, I, I I miss my, my Game Boy, I, I miss it quite a lot, but as many of you would know, I, I love the, uh, the little DS's now, and especially the 3DS, I think it's fan-diddly-tastic. Well, I still have, I, you know, I inherited, I mentioned just a couple months ago, I inherited a uh, DSXL, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a 3DSXL, but it's a DSXL. But you're talking about the Game Boy. Um, two things. One, when those came out, I can remember my nephews getting <laughs> my wife's uh Am I uh, making you feel kids. old again, Kevin? Wait, I can't. Let me get my ear ear hearing aid and turn it up a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, those those and I tried to play those with them, and my God, I could not hardly see the screen. I it was terrible, and I wasn't even wearing glasses at that time. So that was funny. But now you talk about that. I remember the very first, I'll say, handheld electronic game I had. The, if memory, yeah, it was the first electronic. I had some other handheld games. Uh, but they were battery operated and they were mechanical. Um, but the very first handheld electronic game I had was Mattel's Electronic Football. Um, and, and we can try to find a picture and put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. It was a very simple game, much on the order of how Pong, it would be the equivalent of Pong to your Game Boy. The Mattel Electronic Football was that to your to your game boy i mean it was uh it was pretty a pretty basic game you had like four little red dashes on the screen and you could move the dash vertically and horizontally across the screen to try to avoid the brighter dashes coming the other way on the screen <laughs> so it was it was it was it was i mean it was the high tech hit game of the season i remember it was the must have toy Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was actually a little on the older side, maybe to be getting it, but I did get it. Oh, so, you're never yeah. too old for games. I mean, we we still buy games to this day, and uh, yeah, never never too old for games, Kevin. Although our but parents you, would tell us otherwise. Yeah, but I don't have to worry about that. I only have to worry about my wife telling me otherwise. And so far, she hasn't told me enough. So yeah, I keep on. <laughs> She's good with it. So, but well, no, you. you Sorry, you have fond memories of things like that. What else do you have some fond memories of stuff from Ooh. when you were becoming yeah. a geek? Still, still gaming was. I remember because we had um, Tandy stores, which is uh, what, what's the little electronics store, and it's not little because it's all through the US. Uh, Radio Shack for you guys, so yeah. it's the equivalent of Radio Shack. Our, ours was called Tandy, which is now Dick Smith. Um, but anyway, they had, uh, like games you could get similar to your football game, but they had the first version of Tetris that I had ever played. And this thing was just, you know, Tetris had only played one game and it, you know, was elongated. So it was a bit longer. It was almost like a, okay. Think an iPhone five versus an iPhone four. The iPhone four was the Game Boy. The Tetris game was the iPhone five. It was just that little bit longer and worked really well for Tetris. And, you know, I'd play that hour after hour after hour and get God knows what score. I, I think I managed to actually go back to zero, 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 uh, you know, the six zeros, whatever it was. At one stage, I got that high. Uh, so that was just a fun game. But even before Game Boy, I was always into Nintendo stuff. The Game & Watch. Do you remember those from Nintendo where, oh, oh no, Kevin is thinking about Ooh. it. He doesn't remember Game & Watch. Oh my god, I cannot podcast with you anymore, Kevin! No! The world's about to explode! Yeah, well, I was a newlywed probably about the time that came out, that, so I had other things ex- on my mind. That explains a lot. That certainly explains a lot. Well, what the, the game Watch was, it first came out, and it was just a single screen display. So I think the 3DS, or the, any DS, take the top screen off... And put some buttons there. So put your little square pad on the, the left-hand side and your, your sort of uh, A and B button. And it was just a, a single thing and it played a single game. So you had games like Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong Jr. on that. Then they came out with a... And Kevin's poking his finger at me. How rude. 
through cyberspace. <laughs> Listen, you're going to poke holes in the spaceline continuum if you keep doing that. Uh, then they came out with... <laughs> no, don't do that, Kevin. Thank God the, the listeners can't see us on video. That is, that is not approved. Um, <laughs> anyway, then they came out with, with the dual screen uh, game and watches, which are, are very reminiscent of, of the DS where it opens up, you've got two screens, and you get games like uh, Donkey Kong 2, which I had. It was in a, a brown um, casing. And so you'd have your, your little character, and Donkey Kong would be up the top, and, and you'd sort of have to go up the, the little ladder and avoid all the obstacles and get up the top and, and grab the key and then sort of swim across. And it was really cool. And I had another one, uh, Greenhouse, where... Uh, and you know my uh, fear of bugs and so forth. But you were the little char- uh, character, and you had spiders coming down uh, from the top screen down to the wow. bottom screen, and you actually had to go and, and spray them in three different positions. And you know they kept getting quicker and it kept getting harder, and you had to keep going across. Maybe that's why I'm scared of spiders. I've never understood why I'm scared of spiders, but maybe as a kid <laughs> growing up, I need to spray them all. Um, you know. <laughs> but those games really, um, you know, just I, I've got very fond memories of. Them. In fact, they were so interesting. They they had uh, they used the LR44 button batteries, uh, so the little tiny cell batteries, and those batteries they'd last a month even with serious playing. You know, th- this was yeah. just, you know, very basic graphics. We're not talking about color. We're not talking about anything like that. It's just very basic graphics, but it would last forever. And the batteries were so good and the game was so good that you could actually have the demo running and leave it open like a little TV and watch the demo. And it was just yeah. really cool. And and even the original uh, game and watches, many of them, and even perhaps all of them, had a little kickstand on them so you could actually stand them up. And cool. uh, Yeah, just very... I'll tell you what, I wish I hadn't got rid of mine because they're collector's items now. And if they're in good condition, they are worth a fortune. Well, you know, that sounds a lot like the uh, little... I was talking about Mattel Electronic Football, and you mentioned, uh, well, you had Tandy, but it was Radio Shack, and a lot of the stuff they sold in the States was branded Tandy. They had mm-hmm. a Tandy football game like the Mattel game. They they changed it a little bit. But I had a lot of single-purpose uh, Tandy games that were LCD graphics types of things. And, you know, it was, it, they were, it wasn't high quality. And they were, I remember one in particular really well. It was a golf game and the way you played it and the, and the button to swing was actually a little like a golf ball. It was like a eighth of the size of a golf ball, but it was cut in half. And that's what you pushed on to make it swing. And it was the coolest game. I had a flying game, but it had kind of like LCD outline graphics. I don't know how better to describe it. They were similar to um, old micro. They were like wireframe almost in some senses. But I had a bunch of games like that that I used to play that I got. I mean, I was a, an adult when I got them, but they were very similar to what you're talking about. They were single purpose games, though. I mean, you know, I had half a dozen of the things that I would play different thing uh, like Battleship. I think Battleship was one. I can't remember all the different ones, but they were they were really cool. And uh, but you know you talk about old technology too. You made me think of something when you talked about the what do you call them? Pocket. What are they called? Pocket. What did you say these games are called? Pocket Watch or no pocket? no um game and watch. Game and watch. Game and watch. Yeah get, yeah because you, you could watch the demo. Yeah, that's it. I made me think about. I might have mentioned it on this show before. One of the times talking uh, about being an old fart. I had a wrist radio, and this thing was huge. And it was, it, when you said watch, it made me think of the watch you wear on your arm, but it was huge and it had a, like a double A battery. It was like an AM radio. The damn thing was probably about, uh, about the size of a small portable travel mouse. <laughs> you strapped it to your arm. But, uh, I, I do know the games, the type of games you're talking about and Tandy. And I actually had several Tandy ones because they were less expensive than the, oh, the yeah. Mattels or the, the Nintendo ones as well. They were like uh, yeah, or any, any, yeah, they were a lot too. And they played just as well. And hell, I didn't care. I was just as happy as if I had good sense. 
Yep. So it didn't it didn't make a difference. You know what, Kevin, while you were talking about the golf game and so forth, I was frantically looking, you may have noticed, because uh, I actually, in the move, we found my very first golf game. It was just a standalone. It was a Tandy release. And I remember this one fondly because you would choose your, your uh, golf stick that you wanted to use, and then you would swing. And, and so, you know, just two buttons. But very cool, and it was just your, your really basic LCD, uh, and and then it had so it came out in like a little folder type thing. Then it had a little fold out that showed how many yards each hole was, um, you know, in your eighteen courses that it had on there. And in fact, one of the interesting things I did was I used to have a piece of paper, but it's, it's no longer behind there. But I used to have a piece of paper behind there that was like my cheat sheet. I had figured and mastered. <laughs> Every single course so well that I knew, okay, I need to use uh, this club and I need to do it at 70% and I'll get a hole in one. And I actually had that there. (laughs) I don't know where that piece of paper has gone over the years. Uh, But it's just, I, I remember it was super cool. It was just, you know, I've never been one for golf in real life. It's always been a little bit dull and a little bit slow for me. But in computer games, I love it. I, you know, I love playing Tiger Woods games. They're just great. You've done you've done reviews of the Tiger Woods games different times. I've heard you yeah. talk about on Namp and uh, maybe on uh, Pocket Size podcast. I can't remember. Possibly, uh, certainly the uh, the last one I, I played, which would have been um, Tiger Woods uh, PGA Twelve. I'm sure it would have been Twelve. So that would have been released in two thousand eleven. I'm sure it's that one. I'm sure what, yeah, that must be that one. That one was very good on the iPhone. Uh, extraordinarily good control, great graphics, uh, really enjoyable. So, you know, if it's a golf game, I love it. And I, I really love the touchscreen games where you're playing golf and then you've got a little bit more control over how far you go. Um, interestingly, I didn't really like the Nintendo Wii's version of golf where you sort of poke the, the stick down and sort of play golf that way. I, I never really oh, I love that. No, nah, it drives me insane. Well, that's the short drive. I loved it. <laughs> I love the I love the Wii golf and, and uh Wii bowling. Wii bowling uh, is played. good. That that's a lot of fun. But the golf, nah, just it drives me balmy. I, I I can't stand it. I don't know whether it's because I don't like the little me characters or whether I just prefer playing the real professional in inverted commas uh golf games. Um, I'm not too sure, but, I look, yeah. I look much better as a wee me, so, <laughs> I, you know, I don't mind at all. I look much better on the course, and I play wee golf much better than I did real golf. I haven't played real golf, and I don't think you ever have, have you? No, no, I, I never have, although I do love the game of putt-putt. Oh, yeah, well, I love putt-putt. I still play that, but I haven't been on a golf course since 1990. Three, I think. Yeah, when I I was playing on a par three course, and I shot two under par, and I said, you know what, I'm never going to do any better. And I never ever played regular golf again. That was, <laughs> and uh, I even moved my clubs when we moved house. But a couple years ago, I donated my clubs to the uh, animal thrift shop, the a- 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 uh, ASPCA thrift shop. Uh, so that the uh, little stray cats and dogs could get the benefit from the selling of my clubs. But well, hopefully yeah, I think whoever so. bought the clubs weren't going around the streets hitting little puppy dogs and kitty cats. No, they better not have been or I'll beat them with something else. They uh, take the baseball bat and beat them around <laughs> the head and face. But no, I... Uh, but yeah, I liked, I did like Wii Golf. That was fun. That was one of the first games I... I won't say I mastered. One of the first two games that I played excessively i'll use that word mm-hmm. on the wii that and uh, mario kart those are the two oh, games mario I kart we we love i i actually get it set i still up. play it I, I get it set up with nicholas and so we because i can't stand playing against the computer i've played mario kart for so many years that i just go and i win every single time but what I love doing is I love playing online. So we go and play two-player online. So we take Nicholas and myself online and play against people around the world. And that's fun because I don't win every time. I like not winning. I like that challenge. 
And um, yeah, so it's pretty good. Give me one second, Kevin. And now, while Mark's talking, I shall sing to the listeners. Zippity doo da, zippity a. My oh my, what a wonderful day! Plenty of sunshine coming my way. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. Good Lord, what the hell is going on here? I leave for a minute to check on the kids because they're both sick and they're annoying us in the background and you start sending to the listeners. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to have any listeners left. We gained one. Uh, you have to cut that part out then. Yeah. I kind of liked it. Uh, okay. That was disturbing. Like I don't know why I did. <sighs> Do you know what movie that's from? Zippity doo da. Uh, yeah. No. It's from uh, Song of the South. It's a very old Disney movie. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, 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 very old Disney movie. It's one of the first movies I ever went to see when I was a kid, when I was probably like six or seven years old. So it, it made quite the impression on me. So ever since then, at any time I, I think of anything, that song, when my mind goes blank, that song will pop into my head probably <laughs> five or six times out of ten. It's interesting. So, And I may have had the words completely wrong, too, so who the hell knows? <laughs> it's been over 40 years since I saw the movie. So, <laughs> but uh, oh, That's funny. Yeah, so any, anyway, I can't, I can't master the... Uh, the Nintendo's version of golf, I just, I can't do it. It's not within me. Uh, but certainly the Tiger Woods stuff, I like that stuff. So yeah. No, it, it was disappointing that Tiger got taken off the the cover for a couple of years when, uh, when basically had that sex scandal, affair scandal type thing. I don't agree with the scandal, mind you, but at the same time, it's like, it's a golf game. When are people going to celebrate celebrities for the the things that they do in the you know celebrity world and when they can then stop wondering about what they do in their private life it's it's like me kevin i mean look you know i'm a rock star in my own little world and i mean people just constantly want to know what i'm doing in my personal life i mean it's just i'm, I'm getting tired of it people can you please stop yeah i'm thinking that's a real big problem for you oh but Actually, you know, to, be, to be quite honest, Kevin, I'm the opposite side. I, I want people to ask me about what I do in my personal life. I want them to take notes. No one cares about me. Do we need to do the hug, hug, kiss, kiss thing? Oh, hell no, like no, no, no. We're right. We're right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could bring you back around there. Oh, yep. Just slap me senseless. So anyway, Whoa. tell me... Because I know that we've we've gone down gaming memory lane, and you know what? We'll go down some of these memory lanes. I think on each episode, I like it. I you know, it makes me remember happy times, and uh, you know when you had a childhood like mine, you need happy times. I'm sure every <laughs> I'm sure everyone says exactly the same thing, though, mind you. Doesn't matter how good we had it as a kid, because the kid next door always had it better. So uh, yes, they did. <laughs> Damn them. <laughs> Yes. So uh, they, they probably turned out the rich people, Kevin, in this reality anyway. Damn them. Absolutely. You know what? If I die, I'm going to come back as a bird so that I can then go and shit on their heads. I'm going to poop it in their mouth. Ugh, ugh. Actually, speaking of which, is that supposed to be like good luck if you get bird poo on your head or something? I don't think so. No, you, 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 you know how they've got those old sayings that, you know, if you've got an itchy ear, someone's talking about you. If if you've got an itchy uh, palm, you're going to come into money or something. And I, I'm just wondering where the bird poo factors in because in the past month, I've been shut on three times. Literally I'm, three times. I'm thinking you should stay away from uh, sewer treatment plants because that might mean you're going to fall head first into one. Ugh. Actually, that, <laughs> you you might like this. I speak I, from what I know. You, you, you speak from experience. Have I ever told you about the year nine excursion I went on? And uh, it was a mystery excursion from school. We weren't told where we were going. 
and uh, you know I was brought up you know in a, a Catholic uh, school system and, and with Morris brothers at the high school level and so forth and and my year nine science teacher was a Morris brother and uh, but he had a, a wicked humor you know what I mean he was he was still very stern but he, he had a wicked humor so he, he he basically said, all right, we're going on an excursion, but I'm not telling you where it is. Well, of course, I had to get the parents to sign a note. On the note, it said nothing either. It was just this mystery tour excursion. And we ended up at the Bondi Beach sewage plant in Sydney, and we walked through it. <laughs> and, I mean, here's year nine kids, and all I can remember is the girls going, you know, very real pritzy and everything. And the boys were just going, this is cool, man. Look at this. And we were asking... So what has come down here is uh, have you had a you know are the snakes that have come down crocodiles come down body parts come down yeah all of the all of the above and it's like really <laughs> you know uh, you... and it, it it was so cool and and you know what the smell was absolutely disturbing I don't think I'll ever get rid of the smell in my life I, I've never been out my taste buds have never quite recovered but <laughs> it was one of the, it. it no, it wasn't one of the... It was the coolest excursion I ever went on in my life. It was... You know, I don't know if you're the same, Kevin, but I love to sit back and watch uh, those documentaries on how something is made or how how it works or, or whatever. One, one thing that springs to mind, Dirty Jobs, that TV show, Dirty Jobs. Oh, I love that show. You know, that kind of thing, it's like, well, yeah, how is this made? and, and Or how does our waste and go and where does it go and, and what happens if the whole kid and caboodle goes kaput? It, it's one of those really interesting things. So, um, no, I was, I was in my, my true element there just really enjoying that day. I, I had the best excursion, best day of my life, uh, you know, there. It was just, it was fun. It was so filthy, so dirty, but so much fun. And uh, who, can, who can say that about going to a sewage plant? I mean, you know, no wonder, yeah. no wonder I'm a geek and I didn't have a lot of friends. Yeah, that's true. I won't argue. But, you know, sewage, uh, again, I just disclaimer partially. I don't know. Maybe not disclaimer truth. I work for a water and wastewater utility. I've, I may have mentioned that before. But now you said you enjoyed going to the sewer treatment plant. I bet I can go you one better there. I have drank the water coming out of a sewer treatment Ooh, plant. Oh, we did not need that. No, no, this is this. It's been treated. I, I know. I, mean, I, I know. There's treated water because we do it in Sydney as well. I, I don't want to drink that stuff though. It, it's, it's it's this e- stuff. Excrement. Is, oh, no. This stuff is almost too pure. This stuff is almost uh, too pure. Kevin, 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 you, when it comes out of a backside, it can never be too pure. Well, and look at it this way. We're putting it, the stuff that comes out of our wastewater treatment plant goes back into a river uh, here. But now the, the trick is with ours, we actually, it, we are producing such clean wastewater that we can't put it right back in the environment. We have to dirty it back up a little bit before we put it back in the environment because we're taking so much out of it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> we actually have to dirty the water up some before we put it back because otherwise, you know, we're removing oxygen and some other things too. So, I mean, it makes it hard. It would make it tough on aquatic life in some ways. But we literally are making it too clean. That And, and we have aquariums in my office that they take the water from the wastewater plant and put it into the aquariums. And the fish live in the in wastewater water because it's hey, that hey, clean. Kevin, Kevin did, did you see the yeah. episode of The Simpsons where they found the three-eyed fish? Yes, that was nuclear waste, though. Same thing. Waste is waste. It's yucky stuff. Oh, yuck, 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 yuck. I feel no. so dirty now. But having been around a wastewater plant, I can tell you for... Uh, going on 30 years now, you would not be surprised at the stuff that comes down the sewer lines. People will flush anything. It amazes me. <laughs> we actually have, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you before, or not, we have to go out and periodically inspect the sewer lines, and the way they do it is they have this camera rig 
that mounts inside the pipe. Mm-hmm. And the and the camera then it's an it's a live sewer line, and the camera runs up the sewer line with the flow coming down at it, and you kind of got uh, a view. The camera's kind of looking a little below the water level and a little above the water level, like it goes past a house connection. And you can tell somebody's like doing their laundry because it's all foamy and stuff coming out of the. <laughs> I gotta say that see, would be cool to watch. And it's got tree roots that you know you'll see where the tree roots have grown in between the pipe joints and stuff like that. It actually is pretty cool to see. I mean, and, and as gross as it may sound, there isn't a lot that's. There's a reason they call it gray water in the industry because it really is just kind of except for something really big that somebody might have put down there. I mean. The human waste and it stuff, pretty much by the time it hits the main sewer lines, it's kind of really broken up. Even the toilet paper and stuff breaks down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it really is kind of gray water looking. That's not to say that I haven't had friends <laughs> at work at wastewater plants uh, that have found some really interesting things in the screens for the incoming lines. You know, the stuff they find floating. At, oh, dear Lord, you have to wonder what people are thinking. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's that's why they they call it gray water because it is gray in color. Now, now, now this, listen, I want to I want to scare the listeners, the few that we have anyway. Can you take this little robotic camera, take it up into someone's piping in their house, and go up and look up the shower hole? You know the the no. Good, no. good. That's good to know, listeners, because then you're not being perved on. No, the the way the camera's made. Uh, now there are plumbers though that they have those cameras where they'll check your. Mm-hmm. We don't have them, but the plumbers have those cameras that are on long cables that they can feed through to find blockages in your house connection. And theoretically, you know, if the, if the line it's flexible enough, yeah, they could, and it's long enough from the entry point, they could get all the way up into the drain in your sink or your shower or something like that. Our the way our setup is is you have to go one manhole, and you go to the next manhole because from manhole to manhole is a straight run. You don't have any. The manhole is what bends the sewer line. When you okay. want to turn the sewer line, you turn it inside the manhole by. Oh God, this is going to get really technical, and there's probably not any listeners. You build what's called a bench and a concrete channel in the bottom of the sewer line, uh, in the bottom of the manhole, and. So basically, as the sewer comes in through the pipe into the manhole, then it's in kind of an open area until it goes out the other side of the manhole and back into a pipe. Hmm. It's hard to explain. Then the that's that's the way you turn though. You turn sewer lines or you join them together uh, most of the time within a manhole. Mm-hmm. That's uh, th- I'm talking sewer mains now. That's not to talk about. You, they put bends in the house connections and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And our cam- But the way our camera's made, it has to run, ride straight between manhole to manhole. And they can adjust it up. You know, we have, you can adjust it from an 8-inch diameter pipe to, I think ours will do up to a 24-inch sewer line or something like that. Mm-hmm. And sewer lines, when you design them, you don't design a sewer line to run full like you do a water line. It, a full sewer line is half full. And just don't light a match within. Yeah, that could be bad news. <laughs> that could really be bad news. Now, I've I got to ask, and I, I, I know we're going to run long on this episode we, again because we've got one very important topic to hit on uh, before we do uh, and the show that is. But just quickly, when they plan to put sewer lines in, how how do they actually plan them? Do they plan the the sewage plant to be like at the bottom, at, at the lowest point, so that gravity brings the sewage down? Because how how would you, how, how would you go with like you know areas that are sort of uneven and so forth? It, you know you heard of the term pushing shit uphill. You know <laughs> what what happens in that situation? Is it designed though so that it's on a constant, just gentle angle going down all the way, or? Theoretically, the best situation is you put a sewer plant at the lowest watershed point or the lowest level so that gravity feeds it downhill. And probably our system is probably, mm, I could be completely wrong, it's probably like 95% or probably even higher than that, all gravity. 
-hmm. it all flows down to certain points. And you look at watersheds, and when you look at the watershed, you know, you look at all the sub-watersheds and then the sub-sheds and the sub-sheds and, and design it that way. So it typically follows the topography. Again, sewer lines underground, so, you know, if you've got this small area on the other side of a small ridge line, you can always, if you know, plan far enough ahead, you can theoretically put the sewer line deeper in the ground on one side so that you can cross under the ridge line and still bring bring it across. And when I say ridge, I'm not talking mountain ridges, people. I'm talking, you know, a, a, diff, a, a slight rise in the topography of the land. Theoretically, that's the way you do it. But when mm -hmm. you get down in flat coastal areas, that a lot of times doesn't happen. Here in the United States, a lot of times they'll flow it to a point, then they'll take it, they'll pump it up to a high point, and then start over again until they work it all the way down to the wastewater plant. Some some uh, systems are are pressurized systems where they actually do pump it. Um, it. It just depends on the land that you're working with and what you've got to do, what what you can do with. Um, typically, you put a sewer line. The bigger the pipe is, the flatter you can lay it and maintain it because you got to have a certain amount of velocity to carry the solids and stuff. You don't want it to go too fast because it'll leave things behind, and you don't want and you don't want it to go too slow either. There's a theoretical velocity that you're trying to reach, um, and boy, I'm really showing my civil engineer a little <laughs> rusty. There's different things you have to bring. You have to bring all that stuff into consideration. But yes. The, the short answer to your question is, theoretically, you do want the wastewater treatment plant at the lowest possible elevation and then collect everything and send it to that. That's cool. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, again, 30 years in the business, these are the things I know. Do they actually but clean I've, the pipes as well periodically, or it's just... You can. We, you don't have to all the time. There's a thing called a jet rod truck is a highly pressurized thing that blows highly pressurized water down the lines and will blow them clean. Um, you, you, can actually, you can actually now fix a sewer line without ever digging it up. Oh, that's cool. You, you can line the pipe. If it's got a break in it or something, you can put uh, a... There's some videos on YouTube about it, but you can actually put a liner inside the pipe makes it a solid piece of pipe again and can fix defects in the in the pipe itself. Like if the pipe settled and you got a low spot in the pipe, you can do certain things like that now without digging it up where it used to be years ago, you know, if there was something wrong with the sewer line, you gotta dig it up and fix it. Now you don't always have to dig it up and fix it. So cool. well that's yeah, interesting. It's it's some interesting technology. There's um, you know, a lot of wastewater treatment plants too now offer the type of tours you're talking about because it's so important for us to think about what's going to happen with all this stuff and how what we're doing with the environment. I'm putting on my environmentalist hat for a moment. Um, but, you know, we just like years ago, we used to destroy wetlands. And wetlands, we found out, are very important to the way the whole planet and the ecosystem works. And we actually had to recreate some wetlands because of some things we were doing on our property uh, when we built our wastewater treatment plant. You know, all these different things. And, you know, it used to be, I don't know, you got to fill in the wetlands, get rid of the mosquitoes and all this other stuff. The ancient lore that the bad air coming off the swamp was what was causing malaria. No, dumbass. It was the mosquitoes that were biting you. <laughs> hmm. yeah, different things like that. Um, so it's really... There's a lot of technology that goes into it, and it's it is very interesting. And you know, I am a little biased, as I said. I've been 30 years in the water and wastewater industry, um, but it is really interesting. I I can get kind of passionate about it at times, uh, almost as passionate as I can about technology. And then, of course, I do both now. I am I am a technologist in the industry. So, hey, you know, that's, that's the that's the both worlds. Yeah, the softer side of Kevin, if you will. Fantastic, <laughs> softer side. <so. laughs> I got I got a picture in my head after that conversation, and uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I I think we might leave that one for another show. Uh, Kevin, did you want to talk about your super duper MacBook Air before we head off? And bear in mind that uh, Skype's cutting you out again. It it doesn't like us having long conversations, but uh, I can shut up if that helps. Uh, that always helps. Um, oh, the, uh, 
<laughs> no, I did. I did a geek project. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I was trying to get Linux to load on the old Dell laptop I had sitting here, which is still sitting here. Some oh, it's under my desk here. Um, but then I started thinking, wait a minute, my MacBook Air is newer than this old Dell laptop. Uh, it's a 2008 MacBook Air. I had OS X Lion running on it. I thought, uh, then the kids wanted to do something in Windows. So I set it up with Boot Camp, and you're a Boot Camp person. You, you like Boot Camp. So I set up Boot Camp, and I have Windows 7. I thought, well, I got two out of three. Let's go for a third operating system. So I then installed Linux, particularly uh, Zubuntu, which is a branch off of Ubuntu. So now I can boot three different operating systems on my 2008 MacBook Air. It boots up at defaults to OS X, of course. But if I hold down the Option key, I can choose Windows. When it boots up that partition, it then gives me another choice. Do you want to boot to Windows 7 or do you want to boot into Zubuntu? And I can pick whichever one I want, and I'm good to go. So I have three operating systems running on this, and it it's just really cool. And I chose Zubuntu, one, because it's a lightweight desktop, and two, and I think I mentioned this last week or the week before when we were talking about it, Zubuntu's uh, interface looks like OS X. It has the menu bar at the top. It has something akin to a dock along the bottom of the screen. So I was very proud of myself. I even tweeted out this weekend, you know, I think it was Friday night I was doing it and finishing it up, and I've got... Almost everything working except the wireless won't work now, and I got to figure out what's going on there. But it's just so proud of myself to be walking around with one computer that boosts three different operating systems. I was I almost separated my shoulder trying to pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> that that is an achievement. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was I was right proud of myself. I uh, I think. Uh, Nightwise said to me, "What did he say? He said the geek, the geek, or something burns strong within you." I can't remember how he said it. He said, uh, "But then he was giving me a couple tips too on something because he had done some of this stuff too." Um, and I, you know, I'm going to keep pushing it because I think it's just going to be really cool to walk around with a laptop that has three operating systems on it. I mean, you tell me you're what kind of geek? Oh, wait a second, let me reboot. I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny and you know what you can't do that on the tell can you no you sure as hell can't you can't sure as hell can't do it on a dell can you yeah that's it sure as hell dell that's it so <laughs> not, not a dell not a dell there you go <laughs> we went there again ah, that'll be interesting to see where you take that in the future because it's it's just one of those cool geeky things and uh you know making our technology go to the absolute limits is just it's cool if i had spare machines around and they weren't all production machines i'd probably do that but uh it's the same reason why i don't jailbreak i need my ipad to be working properly yeah i um i like i said i've got to figure that out the next thing i'm going to do is i'm going to get uh g parted which is the new uh partition editor and I didn't leave as much partition space as I wanted for Windows, uh, which then also that partition contains the Linux partition now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that to resize the partitions for OS X and Windows. And then after I do that, then I can go in and resize the Linux partition. Ouch. So I give myself, I'm getting brave here. Yeah. I'm getting really brave. So I'm, you know. Hey, it's, you know, the machine runs fine. I'll do a super-duper backup of it before I venture down that path so I can always get back to where I am, at least with the OS X side of things. And if I have to redo it, yeah, I have to redo it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, what the heck? I don't mind. Hmm. It's It was, yeah, I could sit here with the family and do it while they were, while we were all watching a movie. We were watching, actually, we were watching Duck Dynasty, I think. So I was watching a redneck show, redneck reality show, while geeking out doing something on my MacBook Air. So, I mean, if that isn't three different worlds colliding, besides the three OSs I put on my MacBook Air, I don't know what is. You're one in the Googleplex, Kevin. And on that note, where can they find you in the big Googleplex? Uh, you can Googleplex me. Oh, that sounds rude. 
Twitter, you can always find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A, big in Virginia. You can find me on Google Plus as Kevin Alder. Or if you go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, you can find links to the, some of the things I do and uh, my other ramblings, musings, or otherwise inappropriate behavior I may have there. Fantastic. And for anything related to my head across to markgrintree.com. Well, thank you for listening and subscribing and putting up with us for yet another week. Until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. Hi, everyone. This is Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here with that big yank tank guy. Hey, you nitwit Brit. Did you know the MyMac.com podcast is one of the longest-running Mac podcasts out there? I did know that. Why do you think that is? I think it's because we bring a blend of tech and entertainment that no other show can do. I thought it was because one of us is incredibly handsome. (laughs) Well, thanks, Gaz. I do try to look my best. Yes, Guy. Of course. But how can people find the podcast? Well, they should just go to iTunes and do a podcast search for MyMac.com. So subscribe and get your weekly dose of tech fun. Wait, I I thought I was the handsome one. Yeah, you just keep thinking that and we'll be all right. (laughs) 